I can't stand gaslighting. I don't know about you, but that's when you know someone's trying to convince you of a reality that's not true. So they paint this picture like things are real, and it's not real. And that's why I like this book we're in. We're in Ecclesiastes, and if you have your Bibles and want to look, we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. We're almost at the end. But I'll tell you, this wise man looks at life with a steely eye. And he says it up right front, right? Life isn't fair. The past is unexplainable. The present is unreasonable. The future, unpredictable. People, unreliable. Death, inevitable. It's just the truth. So with that, it's like, well, but then I'm supposed to be a pessimist. No. The great good news of Jesus has broken in. But it doesn't change my experience sometimes of life or the reality. I'm interested in life right here. You know, we talked and we talked against and we said, hey, watch out, you guys. It's not necessarily true. You know, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. No, that you can't really send anything ahead. Your life here is a gift. Enjoy it. And then the good news, Jesus will resurrect you. Something perfect and amazing and true and not, not the investment that you're doing necessarily looking ahead. But there still remains this for you and me. What about before death? I'm living life right now. How do I be wise with what I have? How do I be skillful in my living? Because that's what wisdom is. And thus we have what we're talking about today. Investing. I'm so grateful we have this good counsel from Gehelleth, this preacher, the one who writes it down, the wisest man ever, in, in the, the place of Solomon speaking and saying, this is, this is wise for you and me to look at. And to think about your time and your effort and your activities that affect your temporal future. Because they do, right? That's investing so I've asked a financial planner to come today. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> because we're not just talking about money, right? It's not just about, oh, how you handle your money. That's when we say investing. We're talking about that. Kind of, I'm talking about your time. How do you invest in your kids? How do, you, how, how do you think about the things that you're doing? So you're not just about the moment. You're about what's happening a little bit ahead. And can we even look ahead? That's kind of the question. The word is investing, and it's important. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Maybe I am. It's chapter 11. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. Okay, so, so this is what he's saying, right? Is, is cast out your bread on the waters because some of it will come back. There's a return. That's literally what investment is, right? You put things out so that a return will come. So this whole chapter is going to be about investment, investing. 
And then he says, give a portion of seven, even to eight. You don't know what disaster may happen. This is saying you don't know what's happening. You're not in control, but you can still get ahead. And the way to do it is what? Diversify. And if you've been around anything, this is not a hidden message, but it's affirmed in the Bible. This is the golden rule of investment, really, isn't it? I mean, it's one of them. You read any investment book on resources anywhere, and they say, well, you need to diversify. Well, wait, 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 but think think theologically a moment. Why don't we just take the resources that we have and time and effort and everything and just put it in exactly what God wants us to do? Why don't we do that? Because you don't know what God is going to do. You don't know what disaster comes. God hasn't told you. So so that's the context, right? We don't know. It's a humbling reality. I don't know what God's going to do next. I know the big picture, you know. I know that I'm going to die. I know that I'm being resurrected. I know that I'm with Jesus forever. But, But I'm actually talking about tomorrow, assuming I don't die. I used to think it was all predictable, you know, and then I came to Washington and they used to tell me it's raining tomorrow. Then it never rained. They said it was going to be like sunny, then I knew it might rain. <laughs> Even our, our predictions, right, aren't quite always right. So, so this wisest man on earth, he says, if you're smart, and you don't know, then you cast your bread on the waters, you give a portion to a bunch of people, you do lots of things because you don't know which one will succeed and which one will fail. I mean, we want to deny this. We think we can figure it out. You know, we can say, well, I'm going to go here and make a profit. I'm going I'm to plan it out. I know what's going to happen. And that's in James, if you know James at all. And James says, you fool. You have no idea. It all goes along. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men on earth, you know, that everyone wants to have, if I would have said, hey, where am Warren Buffett today? We would have drawn a huge crowd, right? Why? Well, you know, once a year they, they um, used to have a lunch for him. You could have this, he raffled it off. You could purchase and buy time with him to get his prognostications. And every year it's like a million dollars. He did his last one in 2022. Guess how much it went for? million. Why are they doing that? It's not to hear his golden rule. His golden rule is, I don't know if you know much of this stuff, but it's kind of fun. His golden rule, number one, don't lose money. Number two, don't forget number one. That's all. Well, thanks a lot, but the whole idea then is that he knows. He looks ahead and he he can figure out and he he says, well, what's going to happen next is that transportation is going to go out, so invest over here, or or this the the stock market is going to crash, so invest over here. We're looking for people who know. And he might know, so we'll go to him. But then the Bible's saying, you know what? Nobody knows. That's kind of proved. I mean, in 2022, his big company lost $22 billion. He violated golden rule number one. Don't lose money. And he lost a lot of money. Why? Not, and I'm not, not dissing on him. He's amazing. God's gifted him with a lot of resources. But I'll tell you what, nobody knows. Right? And so you, this idea of diversification is it's hugely accepted. It's, it's what you should do, right? The golden rule. Man, I could live like four lifetimes and not make $19 million. 
Someone paid that for lunch for him. Whoa. I don't know. So, so, so here's the thing. Most people, even with diversification, means that you're winning some and you're losing some. So you lose. So let's think about that a little bit. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He's saying, hey, hey, I'm not saying be dumb. You know, you look at the clouds and, oh, yeah, it's going to rain there, and it does. You can tell some things that are going to happen by looking ahead. And if the tree falls, and you, hey, I know where the tree is. It's over there, fell to the north. You can say, well, I'm not going to ignore that a tree fell. No, you can go find it. So this is Solomon's idea, right? He's saying, no, wait, I'm not saying don't look ahead. I'm saying this, verse 4, he who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. He's saying, he's not saying don't use the farmer's almanac. He's saying, if you get caught up in trying to figure it out, it paralyzes you. Right? If you're sitting there going, I, I, I'm not going to do anything until I know what's coming, you'll, you'll just sit there and look at it all day. It's, it's, it's why like, my wife doesn't really like me researching things on the internet anymore. Because, you know, four days later, I've decided to buy the $3 doodle that needed to be bought. Because I found the best one. It's .02 cents, you know, cheaper than the other one. And it took me 18 hours to figure it out. Because I just looked and looked and looked and looked, and that's what I do. And, and so, so that's what he's saying, right? You look and you look and you look before you jump. Says you, 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 that's actually dumb. Talking about wisdom. So, 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 so how, do I, how do I fight that? Diversify. Do many things. You know, give your kids lots of different opportunities. You don't know which one they'll grab. You know, if you spend all your time trying to find the best opportunity, the time is gone, it's passed, and they're off to something else. Try lots of different cars. You don't know which one you'll like. Help lots of people. You don't know which one will be grateful. Don't just put your money in one thing because you, you really don't know which one will go up or down. Honestly, the world agrees with this. This is not, not rocket science. This is like wisdom, right? This is just thinking about, I, I don't know, and God hasn't revealed to me what tomorrow will bring. And someone who stands up and says they know because God told them is probably not going along with God because this is the Bible. This is his word. And the, the wisest man ever says, diversify. Really important, diversification. So <coughs> really, the underlying principle of diversification is your ignorance. That's what it is. There, there's so much that you and I don't know. This is the wisdom of the wisest man for you. He says that. As you don't know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child. So you do not know the work of God who makes everything. See, your fundamental position is ignorance. Now, I wish you would have said this, sir. I, I wish you would have said, as you uh, don't know how cells split, because then I could talk about mitosis and meiosis and show off my flashy knowledge of science. But you know what? To this day, thousands of years later, we have no idea how the spirit comes into the bones of the womb. 
How does life actually start? We don't know. I'm trying to describe it. We are ignorant of God's deep ways. This is the truth, right? That's what it is. So, so we realize we don't know a lot of things. It's the reality. And so the response to you don't know a lot is what? Well, in the morning, sow your seed. At the evening, with no, not your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that. Or whether both alike will be good. So you sow in the morning, you sow in the evening. Isn't that great, right? Investing's important, he's saying. But, but here's a way maybe to get value and meaning and importance to get ahead is invest. If you have something you want to happen and there are things you can do it, do it, right? But the problem in this crazy world is we don't know what's going to happen. And so he's trying to figure out a way around that. There's a way around my ignorance. I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to do the things. I'm willing to, I don't know what God's going to do. Maybe I do it all. And then whichever one happens is the one that, that, that gets blessed. That's great. Success, right? He's not saying curl up on a couch and do nothing. He's scouring life under the sun, looking for something to make life worth living. His personal testimonies, his experiment with just about everything. He's, he's looked at pleasure and wisdom and accomplishment and morality and immorality, life without God, bankrupt at every turn. But, but surely there's some way with an unknowable, ignorant person that I am is to try and get ahead a little. Add up to something in... In theological language, we call that justification. You know, justify your life a little bit by by saying I invested it, I worked hard to get ahead a little, either for my kids or for me or somebody. And 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 we know justification theologically is answered by God. I can't be righteous myself, but but I'm thinking practically in your daily living, we act this out. We we, we think it's important that I I do something. How can I be a success in life? And this is why investing is important. Investing is important because it gives a return. It advances me. It gives me meaning and improvement, not just money, time and resources and effort. And I can show something for it. And then so the problem being that I don't really know what God's going to do, but I know what I can do. I can manage my uncertainty about God. Not money alone, right? It's why I don't like people just sitting on the couch watching TV. They're just wasting their life. Do something. Do anything. Or there's something there. It's not money alone. It's investing in people or pursuits or dreams and the hopes that we're making a wise investment that promises a return. We're looking for some sort of satisfaction or meaning. I look for that. I I, want to see that what I did counted. And I'm not sure that what I did over here counted. So do it over here too. And and do it over there too. and, and, And put a little over... Bread upon the waters. Diversify. Okay, are you with me? This is investing. Pouring into things. Pouring into your marriage. You get a return of a peaceful home. A loving spouse. Pour into your kids. They grow up as good kids, not bad kids, and will be judged as success. Pour into your work. This is sort of advance in your prestige or, or judged a winner. And pour into your bodies because health is good. So investing is pouring in, and it says pour in all over because you don't know which one is a return. 
They pour into many ways. I don't know which one will work. So, so, so it's not so much take your arrow and aim at the target. Make sure you're perfect and you'll hit it. This approach to life says get a whole bucket of arrows. Fire a lot of them. Because one may return, one might even hit the target. What will guarantee that I get an A and not an F in this life thing? You know, I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be judged unworthy. So what he's doing here is exploring investment as a sort of way to find meaning. And, 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 and so the, the best you can do, because you're not God, is you can diversify. How does it go? Right? How does it go? That's where we're saying. And so we need to talk about investing's failure for a minute. If you're going to do this, you can say, okay, Dax, I'm tracking with you. I see what the Bible is saying about life on earth. I realize it's not heaven, but, but what we're going to do is diversify. Then you've got to be ready for some things. What are you going to be ready for? Failure. Right? That, that's what, what he's going to go into. He starts with this, verse 7. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Oh, I'm a little disappointed with Solomon. Wish he would have said it's pleasant for your eyes to see the clouds and the rain. But he's a sun guy. Okay, I get it. It is pleasant, though, right? It's nice to look out and see the sun. It's nice to say, oh, what a beautiful day. And, and light is sweet. He's saying the affirmation of life. There's no question. A beautiful day. But then he drops this like almost depression bomb in verse 8. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. Sweet. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is absurd, is vanity, is meaningless. Oh. Like that's kind of countercultural, is right? Like, oh, enjoy the day. It's so great. Rejoice in it. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. I get this. And, and we kind of push the bad days away like we shouldn't have them. But, but the Bible says there will be days of darkness in your life. So if you're in a day of darkness right now, you're not alone. This is something that happens to people a lot, says Solomon, both experientially but also in terms of your investments, the things that you're working for. Not coming through. It's not working out. That's a reality. In, in, investing highlights that we don't know, which means a lot of what we do fails. You know, he says plant in the morning, plant at night, because maybe one will work, the other doesn't. That means one of them didn't work. That means you did a lot of work, you, you dug a lot of holes, you, you, you worked a lot of things, and nothing happened, and you're like, oh, you got to deal with that, right? This is life on earth. It's sweet to be high. It's lame to be low. But don't let anyone tell you that they win them all. It says, be prepared. You've got to develop the capacity to handle failure. And, and then he keeps going. He says, rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Uh, yeah, I get it. What? Where we? Why is he bringing up judgment? What's going on with that? I'm just investing. I'm just trying to maximize my life now. 
Yeah, it says you'll be judged, right? For all the things you do, how you live your life from your very first step. You have energy and vitality and commitment. You have strength. Great, enjoy it, says this man. And then he says, but realize God's watching you. Oh no. For all the ways that I'm choosing, God's going to bring me into judgment? Do you like that? I don't. I get a little scared. Wait a minute, now you just put the pressure on. You told me, Dax, in fact, what you've done to me is you put me into this pickle. What's the pickle? Well, if you're strong and you've got ability and your, your vitality and, 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 and you're young and there you go, you're going, that's like, hey, go for it. Do your thing. That's so awesome. But you're telling me most of what I'm going to do is going to fail. And at the same time, you're saying that God's going to bring me into judgment for the things I do that don't work. Uh, those don't go together very well, do they? If many of the things I do are futile, and then God brings me into account for the things I've done that are futile, blah, 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 blah. I'm not sure, sir, I'm happy with God. Can, can I say that? Yo, what, what is he getting after? He's getting after this. You do leave an impression. It will be judged. Fathers on their sons, wives on their husbands, co-workers and church people, you make an impression, and the verdict will, will come back confirmed or not meaningful or meaningless. Go after what you want to, he says, but remember, the pressure's on. It strikes absolute fear in a lot of investors. Right? You got this pot money. I know I've talked, my, I have some family members who are in investment, so it's this big thing. On it. so it's, it's, it's one of the reasons they've gotten out of it is that you have other people's stuff, you've got their resources, and it's on you to make sure that it grows. You've got to make the right choices, and you say, well, I, I know I'll lose a few, but I better win the majority. I better, I better go up, not down. That's similar to this thought here, right? You better invest well. And that's not just with money. I mean, you, you are an, an, an investor, right? But all your choices to maximize yourself, your health, your strength, you, your life. And maybe you say, that's, that's too you Okay, maximize the things you care about, your loved ones, your kids, your, your spouse, the people you love. The pressure's on. It's not just about you, right? It's also, especially if you're a Christian at all, you say, hey, no, then, then, then I, I transfer this to another frame and say, you know what? The pressure's on to glorify God. Are you investing your life to glorify God? Whoa. <laughs> I'm trying. And so he ends saying, enjoy this day, healthy young person, but judgment comes. So you know what? Kids, you better read the right books. Better follow the right checklist. Don't make mistakes. You know what, parents? You better account for every way you don't invest rightly in your kids. You better get it right. Wait a minute. 
I'm setting all this up, right? I'm, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to work through and say, wow, this sets up this tension. And I, I, hope, I hope you see the tension. I hope you say, wow, this, this seems to be really tough. I, 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 I get the importance of investing. I get what I do is not like meaningless. I'm, I'm doing things in order to get a return. And I know that they fails a lot. He says, diversify because you don't know. I get all that. And then he pulls it into judgment like, oh, no, if I don't do it very well, God's looking All my failures? So you're left in this crazy hard place without just a little more perspective. And, and so I, I want you to see this. He's not quite done with the chapter. There's one more verse. Here it is. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body. For youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Don't get worked up, he says. You just started working me up, Dax. I mean, was going okay with you. I love the idea of diversify. That's awesome. What great investment advice. It goes along with the guy I meet with at Edward Jones. But, 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 but this judgment thing, you're starting to get me worked up. And now Solomon says, wait a minute. Don't get worked up. Right? Youth, you can't hold on to it. The dawn of life, that amazing start, it fades. Life fades. Old age happens. Innocence is lost. Investments fail. It's all discouraging. But you can't go back for, for what matters most, which is the start, the youth. Don't lose me here, because the usual way of we deal with hearing that it all fades hearing that there's no going back, when our society says so much, try and go back, try and, try and keep hold on the youth, try and hold on to the strength, try and do all these things to make sure you stay strong. It, it, when we hear that it's going to fade anyway, the, the idea that goes first in my head is something called distancing, detachment. Right? So I kind of say, well, fine. I'll just not care. It's like a lot of investments, you know, you, I invested a lot and then this one's not going, cut and run. This one's not going, my marriage's not going well, cut, run. Then my, one of my kids in this, cut, run. And, and obviously that's, that's not what we're after. Detachment, we do it a lot. Emotional detachment, we, we start not engaging because we don't think we're getting a return and, and you invest somewhere else, right? You get a, a new first blush, a new start in life. And he's saying, no, you can't actually get that. It's not out there to do it again. We try, but you, you can't. So when, when our worth depends on a return in our investments, the ones that don't pan out, we're tempted to say, cut them and, and just do the one that works well. And if this were the only way, we'd be in, in big trouble because there's too much of a burden to bear. All our failures, I mean, they're all going to be judged. Always searching then. And you see people like this. Maybe you're like this. Always searching for something that's going to work. Always searching for something that's going to actually give you the meaning and the, the joy and the, the, the return that you really want to have. And so, so you live your life and, and, and you try and push aside the failure so you can find the one, find the sense of joy somewhere. In your life. So, what, what is he saying? Remove vexation from your heart. Put away pain from your body. 
for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. What is he saying? He's saying God already knows all this stuff. Uh, it's already known that most of your investments are going to fail. It's already known that, that that can't be where your life is because it can only vex your heart. You move from one failed thing to another failed thing, hoping to find improvement. But the actual perspective of this man is you were built for failure. You were given a gift, the dawn of life, youth. Live it out, he says. You can't go back. Enjoy what the gift is. We can't spend all our time trying to get it back. There is no back. And we say, well, we better maximize. We can't maximize. So you say, well, I'll give up. He says, well, don't give up. Don't vex your heart. You say, well, okay, Dax, but then how do I give glory to God? They do a bunch of stuff I don't really like. Blech. Because the reality, right, the message, the wonder, is that God has planned your failure. I want you to hear that. Oh, I love proclaiming the gospel. The gospel, the, the, the start of the gospel, is that you fail. He's given you life. He doesn't require a return. He's gotten out of the bookkeeping business altogether. And you say, but wait, Dex, I heard what we read today. I heard the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. Remember that? The, the, it's, a, it's a parable, the kingdom of God. And here God comes and he gives one person five lifetimes worth of money. He gives another person two lifetimes worth of money. And then a third guy, oh, just one. And he comes back and the first guy's like, oh, look what happened with it. It made all this stuff, you know. But wait a second. The second guy, he had less. Oh, look what happened with the life I lived. Both of those guys, it didn't matter the amount. They lived their lives. What's the trouble? The trouble's with the third guy. What did he do? This is what he said, remember? We'll put it up. He who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I know you to be a hard man. Reaping where you don't sow, gathering where you scatter no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. I'm giving it back to you. I didn't... Use the gift you gave me. I didn't live my life. I didn't go forth and, and do what's in my heart and, and, and invest over here and throw. And sometimes things go up and sometimes things go down. I saw you as the cosmic bookkeeper who's going to judge me on all the things I'm doing. And so what I did was I put it in the ground. Here, have it back. Because you're a hard God. I think sometimes that's what we think God is. He's going to call you into judgment and you're going to stand there and he's going to look at all the things you've done. So therefore, I'm going to make sure that I do only the things that I think are good and I'm going to bury this life. And God says, hey, did you live your life? The gift I gave you, you're going to say, well, kind of. Here, hard God, have it back. That's the trouble, right? In fact, God in the form of this master, is so angry at this last guy. He's the only one that's condemned. It's not, hey, make sure you invest wisely. It's not, oh, hey, because we're not even told what the investments were. It's not, oh, make sure your heart's good. No. It's how do you think of your God? How do you think of your God this morning? 
You think, oh, I've got to invest because God's going to judge me. Yeah, he, he, he will. He'll take a look. But here's the real thing. It's not you for God. It's God for you. Think that through with me. Don't don't just take it as a big statement. It's not you for God. Like what have I done for God lately? It, no, and people that are pushing that at you, they're they're pushing you towards a thought that's gonna it's gonna harm you. It's God for you. Your whole life is this. See see how it looks. Here's Romans. While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came for those who were not good, right? All of us. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You say, well, that's the dying part. I get it. Jesus sacrificed. No, no, keep going. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. What does that mean? He's talking about the future. He's talking about your life. He's talking about all the things that we do. We're using the time that God has graciously gifted us. We're living our lives, scattering. So, man, my heart is to spend time with my kids. My heart is to go enjoy the wonder of the water. My, my heart is to spend time in prayer before God. My heart is to enjoy this life. Here I am, and, and God is through us. Him investing in us is doing what he wants to do. The only thing that hurts that is you saying, no, hard God. I don't trust that Jesus Christ has saved me from his wrath. Jesus has done everything for me. I'm free. That, that's where it needs to be, right? I have good news for you. All the investments you make will fail. You will not get it right as a parent. You're not going to get it right as a spouse. You will get it wrong this afternoon, and you're getting it wrong right now somewhere. That's, that's investing. You long for good investments that, that, that shine great light and, and profit on you, and, but, but you're, you're not in charge. So lean into the reality that Jesus will raise us from death. And when I say, you know, Jesus Christ succeeded and so that you're free to fail, don't think for a second that you're saying, oh yeah, you should go try to fail. No, I'm talking about the reality that you do. I don't want to. God just loves failures. This is the gospel. What do you mean it's the gospel? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were unrighteous, God dies for us. God goes after the fool, the lost, the least, the little. God goes after the leper and the blind. And that's us. If that's not us, then we, we're, we're in trouble. Stand before God and say, look at my great righteousness and the great investing that I've done. And, and he's going to laugh at you. Instead, I have this. Jesus Christ for me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sorrow. Should anything keep me from Jesus? The answer is no. No, no, no. Oh, we've got the best ever. It's Jesus Christ for you and me. Your bad investments cannot get in the way of God's infallible investment to love you forever. Have you blown it as a parent, as a spouse, as an employee? You've blown it in your heart, and I have too. So, so thankfully, because of God's in, amazing love of me, He will not let me go. When we sang Blessed Assurance today, that's the blessed assurance we're singing about. Oh, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. By His promise, by His gospel, by His amazing grace, He saves us not me for God. It's God for me. And if you're caught in that loop today, if you're like, I just feel like I'm caught in this loop of, of, of trying to get to God, would you please stop and receive the gift of Jesus Christ for you? He died that you might live. And it is a free gift by his grace for you forever. Proclaim that, will you? That's the good news. And Solomon sees it right. We don't know God's plan for us. But I know the big plan, which is resurrection life in Jesus forever. That's where we live. Let's pray.